You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. Good to be with you today. We're looking at the time in the Bible where a wee man got a new heart. A wee little man got a new heart. Today, on Words of Encouragement. It's interesting. What do, you, what do we normally do with a trophy? We put it in a case, don't we? We put it in a case. We put it on a shelf. And every now and then, somebody may notice it. But as a trophy of grace, you and I are walking around out in the community and people see us. What do they see? What do they see? I hope they see a changed person, a person who's been changed by God himself. Well, I was going to change the title of this little sermon because I thought it might offend some people. But the fact is, the man was short. <laughs> and so I entitled it, We Little Man Gets New Heart. I want to remind you that we're on the road to Jerusalem. We're on the road to the place where Jesus will die on that cross. And on the way, he is passing through Jericho. Last week, we saw that he healed a blind man. He's on his way to die for people to provide for them salvation, and yet he still makes time for people who are in need. He's doing one of the most... He's doing the most important thing for all of mankind, and yet he stops, and he deals with people one-on-one, even though he's on his way to do what everyone needs the most. He has time for them. Oh, what a Savior. Today, we will see that Jesus had time even for one of the most hated men in the area, a tax collector. Oh, people didn't. People, when they talked about tax collectors, didn't talk, didn't speak highly of them. They, 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 it wasn't. Oh boy, you know, it wasn't. Oh boy, guess what? My son now works as a tax collector. No, no, that's that was not looked upon highly at all. Uh, I remember when in the first church I was serving, uh, one of the ladies' sons worked for the IRS. And when she told me, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. And then I said, oh, uh, I mean, oh, okay, well, that's good. Uh, I didn't, you know, and that's just sad. But, but, but that's kind of what's happening even today was happening then. But this was a very different way of collecting taxes as we'll look at this morning. Today we'll see that Jesus had time for him. How oddly the timing is for us to look at this at this time of the year. Uh, many of you, I hope, have already turned your taxes in, had, had that settled. If not, I hope you're getting that together <laughs> to be a good citizen. If you are able and willing, I'm going to ask that you stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 and 2. Bible says, He entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. May God bless the reading of his word. May he open up the word through his Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts today. 
I invite you to be seated. Who is Zacchaeus? Who is Zacchaeus? First, we know that he is, he's actually a chief tax collector. Uh, that title is not found anywhere else uh, in the Bible, but it does seem to point to being the head of the local taxation department. Jericho must have been a very good little place to collect taxes. A lot of people there. An important trade route from Jerusalem to the east passed by it. Uh, Jericho being a center uh, of a good deal of local wealth. Uh, the area had the gum tree uh, that was used for medicine. That brought a lot of money. People grew these trees, used these, sold these. Uh, had a lot of local wealth in the area. Uh, Jericho was also the winter capital. Uh, so leaders would come and be there during the winter time. Well, what did, what did Zacchaeus' job involve? Well, he was probably in charge over some who collected the taxes, and then he would pass the taxes on to Rome, or he would pass a portion of the taxes on to Rome. Tax collectors were placed in the same category as prostitutes and other questionable figures as sinners. Notice in verse 2, the last part tells us he was rich. He was rich. Oh, how'd he get that way? Uh, surely the job pay, was pay, you know, paid well. I mean, you're a tax collector. You had to be there. You had to make sure those taxes were collected. Surely he was paid fairly well for that. But to be rich off of the job? I don't know. And yet, tax collectors were notorious for exploiting the people by taking excessive taxes which they kept for themselves. So in other words, it would be like, well, it, well and I, don't want, I can't really compare it to a business because uh, a business can charge whatever they want for their product, uh, but these are taxes. And taxes are supposed to be a certain amount. And when you paid your taxes, you expected to pay that amount. Well, these tax collectors garnered a little bit more. Well, no, no, it comes to this amount. Oh, okay, and they, pay, and they paid their taxes, but that little bit more went to the tax collector. And so these tax collectors, uh, now, they, now let me tell you this, it was okay to do this to an extent. It was expected, it was, it was known that they took a little bit more for themselves, and, and that was okay. But when you take a lot more for yourselves, that's where the reputation came. That's, that's where it came to where you hated tax collectors, because they took way more than they needed to take. Interestingly enough, the word or the name Zacchaeus, listen to this, the name Zacchaeus means innocent, pure, interesting. Zacchaeus had both position and possessions, and both of those stand in the way of most people who desire to know who Jesus is, position and possessions. Position and possessions. You get a position, sometimes you feel like, well, hey, I'm somebody. Let me remind you that you are always somebody. Look, I don't care what your job is, you are somebody. If you don't agree, that's fine, but you are. 
You are, you have value and worth because God himself made you, okay? So there, there's no need, you know, oh, well, I've got a position, oh, well, I'd, I, you know, oh, well, you know, so-and-so, well, they, you know, oh, they're over the such-and-such area of the city. Oh, well, they're, so, you know, they do that. Oh, oh, okay. No, you have value because God made you, all right? You have worth because God made you. All right, well, now, sometimes people get caught up in that position and possessions, and they feel like, well, hey, I am, I'm somebody. In other words, others are nobody. That's what, that's what they're feeling. Oh, yeah, hey, I'm somebody. I, hey, you know, I expect to be able to walk in somewhere and not have to pay for anything. Oh, whoa, well, really? They're, they're, a lot of that comes into people's minds when they have position and possessions. Also, Zacchaeus was a Jew. To other Jews, having to be taxed by Rome to see one of their own tax, collecting the taxes, that's no fun. What in the world? What are you doing? What are you doing? So they, they did not like his, his own people did not like him because he was working with Rome, the very ones who were in control of the area in which they lived. They did not like him. They didn't have much time for him. Listen, Zacchaeus didn't get invited to a lot of lunches at people's houses, okay? He just didn't. Now, the, among those tax collectors, I could see it happening. But among the other Jews, no, that wasn't happening much. It wasn't, oh boy, let's have Zacchaeus. Why don't we invite Zacchaeus? No, no, we're not doing that. Nobody even probably ever suggested that you invite Zacchaeus to lunch because he was a tax collector and he was robbing God's people. Look at verse 3. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd. Why? For he was small in stature. Zacchaeus is rich. He is a tax collector. But he is also curious. He's also curious. Now re remember Bartimaeus not being able to see who it was. Who is this person? It's Jesus of Nazareth. Oh, oh. Zacchaeus, the crowds are coming. Zacchaeus, probably have, having heard of who Jesus is, wanting to see him, wanting to really know who he is. Curious, trying to see Jesus, Luke tells us. The word translated trying means deliberately seeking. He was deliberately seeking to see Jesus. Look, hey. What, okay, let's, let's talk about this. Uh, somebody famous comes to town and everybody's crowded around. And, you're, and you're, 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 it, it, let's pretend it's your favorite uh, movie star or singer. And you're thinking, oh, oh I want to see them. They're here. I mean, they're in Winsboro. I wanna, I'm going to drive over there because they're my favorite person. I want to see them. And, and, and you're doing everything you can to get near them, to be able to get around, to see them. You're doing what, whatever you can do. Because, my goodness, I came to Winsboro. <laughs> Well, here is Jesus, and he's here where Zacchaeus lives, and Zacchaeus wants to see him. Uh, in fact, this deliberately seeking, this trying, has a sense of continual action. Zacchaeus didn't just try once. Oh, well, the crowd's too, oh, everybody's so tall, I can't see. And then he went home. No, he kept trying. He kept trying. There was a continual trying of Zacchaeus in order to see Jesus. He wanted to see him. He was not going home until he had seen him. And so he is deliberately trying to see Jesus. There's much curiosity about this man whom much has been said. And he wants to see this Jesus. Maybe he'll do a miracle. 
Maybe, you know, maybe he'll do a miracle and Zacchaeus can see it. But he can't see it if he's down here with all these people and he's short. It, it, got to do something. Got to do something. Maybe a healing would take place. Surely he had heard about what Jesus could do. So he's in a state of interest and in a state of wonder when, he comes, uh, when it comes to this man, Jesus. And as I said before, Zacchaeus is also short. A wee little man was he. The rich young ruler could not see Jesus because his wealth blocked his view. While Bartimaeus could not see Jesus because he was blind, Zacchaeus could not see Jesus because he was short. They all wanted to see Jesus, but each of them had issues. Each of them had something that stood in the way of them getting to see Jesus. What would Luke write about you? Who are you? Are you rich? Are you poor? Are you in between? Are you tall? Are you short? Are you of medium height? Are you an American? Chinese? Ukrainian? Are you a southerner? A Yankee? Are you curious about Jesus? Are you curious about Jesus? That's my first question to you today. Are you curious about who Jesus is? Zacchaeus gets in a spot. He gets in a spot where he can see Jesus. Look at verse 4. So he ran on ahead. It's like, man, these people are in the way. Ah, smart man. He ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree in order to see him. For he was about to pass through that way. Zacchaeus says, look, <laughs> I, this is ridiculous. I'm ah. I'm going to run up ahead. He's going to pass through here. I'll get in the tree. I will see him. This is going to happen today. I'm not letting Jesus come to my town and miss him. I'm going to see Jesus. And so he's excited. He runs up. He finds a tree. His desire to see Jesus had him running. This is highly, highly unusual to see in the Near East, especially a tax collector. Now, what would you think if you saw a tax collector running? What would you think? Somebody's after him. What else? Yeah, somebody's after him. That's what I'm getting at. Somebody's after him. Why? Because maybe he you know, just took a little too much money that day. <laughs> there he is. We're going to get him. It's not a normal thing to have people running in that day. That's not something you saw every day. His desire to see Jesus motivates him to run up ahead and to climb a sycamore tree in order to see him. Now, this is an act of a little child, isn't it? This is what a child would do. This is what a child would do. Hey, I, well, I'll just climb a tree. I'll just, you know. It seems I remember something about the Bible having to say, that dealt with coming as a little child to see Jesus. To approach him as a little child. Jesus even said, "Suffer the allow the children to come unto me. Suffer them to come unto me. Interesting. You might think that Zacchaeus could slip through the crowd. I mean, being short, you know. You think he tried it? I think he tried it, but he couldn't do it. <laughs> I think he possibly tried it, but he couldn't because it says the crowd was, was, the crowd was there. It was too much, too many. I think he probably could have, but he couldn't. 
But when people do not like you, have you ever noticed they don't let you slip through either? They won't let you slip through. Even if you're, you know, you're, you're just like, well, hey, I'm just going to slip. I'm just going to, oh, no, no, no. If they don't like you, they're not going to even let that happen. Goodness, they're not going to allow it to happen. Well, this tree was there by chance. Was it? Was it? It seemed to be in the perfect spot for Zacchaeus along the roadside. Seems like that must have been planned. In my, in my mind, I think it was. It, it seemed to be a great tree to climb to see Jesus, but it was also a tree that was perfectly placed, perfectly planted a long time before that, that just grew up right there. There it was. Interesting. <laughs> For such a time as this. Look at verse 5. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Whoa. Jesus is on a mission. Remember, he's on, his, on a mission. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to the cross. He knows what he's about to do. He knows in the days ahead what's going to happen and what he's going to provide. And yet, he stops. He stops. Very aware of his mission to forgive sin. But he stops. Notice Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name. By name. Zacchaeus doesn't know Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus knows him. And he calls him by name. He doesn't say, hey you, there in the tree, get down. <laughs> what are you doing? No, Jesus calls him by name and says, I'm, I must abide at your house. He does not ask. He simply says, I must stay at your house. He doesn't say, Zacchaeus, can I stay with you? No, he says, I'm going to stay with your house. This is what's happening. Can you imagine how Zacchaeus felt? He wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to know Jesus. And boy, wow, he's going to get to know Jesus. He's going to get to visit with him one-on-one -on -one there in his own home. Amazing. Amazing. He's curious, and yet here, here it is. Here's Jesus. The Bible tells us he hurriedly came down. And receive Jesus joyfully. You got to love the Debbie Downers. The Sally Scoffers. The Judgmental Jacks. The Muttering Mikes. And the Gary Grumblers. Who never seem to be able to find anything good or positive in this world. You just got to love those people. <laughs> and really you do. <laughs> Really, you do have to love them. You can't be happy how they act, but they're, they're, here they are. They're everywhere. Look at verse 7. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. <laughs> how is anybody going to come, to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior except someone go to them, the one who's a sinner, and tell them? Oh, but no, you don't need to be hanging around those sinners. You don't need to be near those people. It'll rub off on you. You'll be a sinner too, and uh, your, your whole life will fall apart. Goodness, what's your intent in talking to the sinner? To tell them about Jesus? To tell them about God's love? To tell them about what God can do in their lives? Well, then your intent is right, and you go, and you do it. But oh boy, they just didn't like that, this, that Jesus was going to take time with this tax collector, this sinner. They certainly did not like the idea of him going to Zacchaeus' house 
Oh, no. Oh, no. That's too far there. Oh, come on. It's enough that you talk to him, Jesus. Now you're going to his house? What are you doing? What are you doing? Look at verse 8. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. Now, I dug here, and I tried really hard. I tried to find out, did this, what, what this verse right here, are they in Zacchaeus' home? Are they not? I could not determine that. Because it appears that he says this out loud, and it happened in front of the crowd. Now, listen to this. Zacchaeus is only required to give back that which he had taken. Okay? And listen. That's what we should only require of someone who is taken from us. Oh, but Brother Craig, when my bike was stolen, <laughs> I was in anguish and I was in great sorrow. I was in great mental distress and so I should be compensated for that as well. Look, Stole my bike. Give me the. Give me what you, what what we think it, what we can agree on. It's worth. Let's just do that. If unless you can give it back to me, let's do that. But look, this overreaching. Now look, I and I look. I am not against lawyers doing their job, but my goodness, when they go and far farther and farther. Oh, look, you can get this, and this, and this, and this. Oh my goodness, really. Yeah, I got all this money out of there because they stole my bike. Wow. Really? How can you live with yourself knowing that all you really deserve is to get back what they took? I mean, let's be fair here. Well, Zacchaeus was only required to give back that which he had taken, yet he goes far beyond that to show that he is truly sorry for taking more than he should have. He offers to give back fourfold the amount to those whom he has defrauded. Wow. The fact that he's able to do this tells you something. It tells you how well off he was. <laughs> Good night. If he could give back, if he could actually give back fourfold, well, boy, he, yeah. And he was rich is true. That's what the Bible tells us. And he was rich. He is showing on the outside, though, the repentance that he's experiencing on the inside. And that's so important. If you're truly sorry for something you've done, if you're truly broken about what you have done, then there needs to be some kind of expression of that. Oh, well, I'm real sorry. Oh, okay. Well, if you're really sorry, do something about it. Do something. Show that repentance. And so this is what he's doing. He's saying, look, I've got to do, this is what I'm doing. This is what I've got to do. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. And see there, I feel like, well, now they're in the house. It's hard to determine. He too is a son of Abraham. Jesus said this in a way so that all would hear that Zacchaeus was accepted into the fold of those who believe. Notice Jesus says this Day, today, at that point, when Zacchaeus openly expresses his repentance of his sin, he acts out on what's happening inside of him, salvation comes to his house.
Salvation did not come because Zacchaeus did a good deed. Salvation did not come because Zacchaeus felt guilty. Salvation came because Zacchaeus repented of his sins and trusted in Jesus. Look at verse 10. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In saying this, it's clear to me that Zacchaeus did not just do the right thing, but that he was saved. He came to Christ. He trusted in Jesus. Jesus came, came to save that which was lost. It did not matter who they were in society. It did not matter if they were the most hated person in society or the most loved person in society. Jesus came so that they could have eternal life. He came for those who were lost. Are you curious about Jesus? Are you curious about him? Have you found a spot to encounter, to see and encounter him? Have you found a spot to do that? Have you found a place where you can approach him and say, Dear Jesus, I need to know you. I need you. I need to be forgiven of my sins. Have you come to the place where you've realized that you've sinned against God? Oh, Brother Craig, I've not killed anybody. I've never stolen anything. Have you ever cheated on a test? Let's not go there. All right. Uh, have, you ever, <laughs> have you ever bore false witness against your neighbor? Oh, Brother Craig, never, never, never. Have you said things that weren't true about your neighbor? That's what that means. Oh, but Brother Craig, I never share anything unless it's true. Well, there's something that's called gossip. And it's when you take something, yes, it's true, but you share it with people who really don't need to know. Oh, but we just need to know everything about everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Transparency is the word of the day. We need to know everything about everybody. Really? Talk about feeling uncomfortable. Talk about feeling like, oh, my goodness, well, I better write my own biography, you know. Well, that's what it is, right? Biography or autobiography. Autobiography. I better write my own autobiography. I better do, not let anybody else write it because they may write something that about, well, maybe something I did do that was a sin. <laughs> we talk about sin as if it's horrible, and it is because it separates us from God. But sin is not just murder and stealing. My goodness, you can look in Paul. Look in Paul's uh, letters uh, to the churches. Look in, look at, he has good long lists of sins. Look, we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But, but God loves us. And he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, taking the punishment of our sins, taking his, our sins were placed upon him, the Bible tells us, and he took the punishment for us so that we didn't have to die for our sins. God did that for us. Sin, bad, God, good. Sin separates us from God, but God's love is so strong and powerful that through his son Jesus, he was able to provide for us salvation, forgiveness of sins place to be with him forever in heaven. God did that for us. He did it also for a wee little man who got a new heart a long time ago 
when he encountered Jesus. Have you encountered Christ? Have you encountered his love? Oh, this time of the year is so exciting. As we move toward Easter, we've been following Jesus on the road to Jerusalem, and we've seen the people he's encountered. We've seen uh, these people, uh, Zacchaeus, a rich young ruler. We've seen Bartimaeus, each one of them having some difficulties which kept them from knowing Jesus. Ah, ah, but two of them, two of them, the... Uh, blind Bartimaeus and Zacchaeus wanted to see him, wanted to know him so much that they did whatever they could to make it happen. The rich young ruler having too much, too many possessions. He was a very rich, uh, the Bible tells us. Could not give those up in order to follow Jesus. Listen, Jesus demands that we give him our all. Everything that we are, everything that we have belongs to him. That's a big order. That's a big, tall order to fill. And yet, if we want to know Jesus, if we want to experience his love, his care, his forgiveness, oh my goodness, his uh, guidance in our lives, boy, if, if you want to truly, truly experience God, then that's what it takes, giving yourself fully over to Jesus. Will you think about that as we draw nearer every day? nearer to Easter where, where on the cross he provided that for us will, will you take that time to, to think about what he did for you take some time to do that between now and Easter just reflect I would even, even encourage you to read uh, open up Luke's gospel and read the story about where Jesus was on the road to Jerusalem and he met all of these people. Let just start at uh, the end of, of, of chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, and make your way to the cross and celebrate Easter this year like you never have before. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro. Find out more information by going to fbcwinsboro.com. That's fbcwinsboro.com. Until next time, this has been Words of Encouragement.